This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles on everything you buy. Plus, get access to a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. Details at CapitalOne.com. This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com slash NPR. Welcome back to From the Top, where outstanding young musicians come to play. I'm your host, pianist Peter Dugan, and it is so great to be with all of you this week and every week, thanks to the generosity of Susan and Gerald Slavitt. We're here today in Cincinnati, Ohio, the home of the Reds and the Bengals and the Purple People Bridge, a pedestrian-only bridge that stretches across the Ohio River, which is very cool. We're just basking in this abundant pool of musical talent in the city and state. Our next young performer is joining me right now. It's 17-year-old pianist Benny Buntaganon from Hilliard, Ohio. He's one of our Jack Kent Cook young artists. Benny, welcome to the program. Thank you. Glad to be here. I'm so happy to have you. What are you going to be performing for us? I'm going to be playing the second movement of Metner's Sonata Skazka, Opus 25, number one. Right. Nikolai Metner, not really a household name, although yeah. his reputation is sort of on the rise now, as it should be, a slightly younger contemporary of Rachmaninoff, and all the pianists who study in Russia know and adore his music. Can't wait to hear it. Why don't you take it from the top? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. 
You heard 17-year-old pianist Benny Buntaganon perform the second movement of Nikolai Metner's Sonata Tale, or Sonata Fairy Tale, which of course would normally transition Ataka into the finale. Benny, you left us wanting more there. It was just gorgeous what you did with that. Thank you. Nikolai Metner, a contemporary of Rachmaninoff, I hear so much of what we know as the Rachmaninoff sound in that, but it's also, you know, it's different too. What do you love about playing that music? I love how it slowly transforms into this really deep kind of extravagant section with a lot of huge chords. Mm -hmm. And then the transitions to going back to the main theme, they showcased a lot of flair in his music. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. And what about the challenges in this piece? I think picking like a kind of pulse or starting tempo, I mm-hmm. think was pretty hard because I think you could take it a lot of different ways. I think of it like a barker roll or like a boat song. It's like gently, mm. you know, kind of swaying mm-hmm. on a mm-hmm. boat. But that's like the start. And then later it gets way more, I don't know, the waves are crashing the yeah. boat, overturning it, I guess. Right, right. Yeah. It's stormy seas. From your perspective now, what is that pursuit of being good at the piano? I guess um, it's like an iceberg. So at the start, you just think of like piano skills. So like technique and I don't know, being able to play difficult pieces. Mm -hmm. And then I guess it becomes more about the music. So really loving it. Loving it is the first part Mm because if you don't love it, you know, there's not much (laughs) point of what you're doing. Yeah, true. um, And then trying to explore every like corner of the music I know how passionate you are about music, but you're also passionate about robotics, from what I understand. Yes. Tell me how you got into it. It was just a thing I joined after the end of COVID. Our team is called the Metrobots. The Metrobots. So this is a robotics team? It's a club and team, and we participate in competitions, FRC, First Robotics Competition. Nice. What kinds of, like, what are you doing in Metrobots? A huge part of it is like STEM outreach. So we have to bring STEM to our communities through like a ton of activities. Our team specifically hosts a lot of summer camps cool. and like our members on our team are always like the ones volunteering and running that. Uh-huh. We've made STEM kits. They're really easy to mail to people. So you can bring STEM to like a lot of communities that don't have access to that normally. Wow. And, yeah. That's a beautiful thing you're doing. What are some of your favorite aspects of working with robots? What do you love about it? There is a lot of problem solving. I love the teamwork aspect of it. We all get to work together and solve this challenge. And then even after we build the robot, there's more teamwork at the competitions. So it really balances out all that alone time in the practice room with the piano. Yeah, definitely. Makes so much sense. I was curious if there's something about your scientific mind, you know, the, the problem solving nature of science that relates to the way you look at music. Do you feel like that side of your brain gets engaged in your musical practice? I guess I look at physical, like mechanical aspects of my playing. For example, some pianists, I'm not sure if you noticed, but like in recordings, I see them sometimes draw back their like left leg. Like, yes, I, I, I do that sometimes. play like that all the time. And I'm like, wow, I, that's just something I physically notice, but I want to see like what relation that has to how you play. I love this conversation. I could talk with you all day about trying to make sense of the physics of our bodies and 
how that influences the sound that comes out of our instrument. You probably already noticed how the piano is um, always fading away to sound. You can't sustain it. Like a violin, you can constantly sustain the sound by just running the bow. Sure. But for a piano, when you press a key, the sound fades. So you want to somehow prolong that note as long as possible. But, you know, it's really hard because, like, you press it and then it starts fading instantly. Even with pedal, it will eventually go away. Of course. So, so what are the tricks? What's the sleight of hand? So I think you can kind of physically convey it with your arms. Right, yeah. right. There's a little bit of showmanship there. Also, if you think about the relationship of one note to the next, right? If the note that follows whatever your primary note is catches the tail volume of that first note, right? Then you yeah. can create the illusion of legato, of the never-ending line. You're sort of riding the diminuendo, catching it with the start of the next note. There's this quote, uh, the pianist Garrick Olson calls the piano a box of diminuendos <laughs> because the sound is always decaying. So it's always how we play with the very idea of decay. Um, I believe you are one of our Jack Kent Cook young artists. Yeah. Congratulations, okay. Benny. That's great. What do you intend to do with the funds? I want to get a new piano. All right. Beautiful. Thanks again for your musical performance and for just hanging out with us today. It's been great to get to know you. Yeah, thank you for having me on the show. Benny Buntaganon, 17 years old, from Hilliard, Ohio. Let's meet our next young musician, Christy Kim, 17-year-old violinist from Mason, Ohio. Christy, welcome to From the Top. Glad to be here. I'm really excited about the piece we're about to play. It's never been on From the Top before. What is this? So we'll be playing uh, a piece called Chindo Arirang by Teddy Niedermeyer based on a very popular Korean folk song. So I understand that you actually had a chance to speak to the composer, who, by the way, is a From the Top alum. What kinds of things did you talk about? So he told me a lot about the inspiration behind the piece, mm -hmm. which mainly came from a movie called Sopyeonje, which is about a pansori singer. And what is a pansori singer? So pansori is a very traditional type of Korean singing. The pansori singer travels with his adopted son and daughter and they go around singing and performing for citizens. A very iconic scene in it, which is shot all in one take, and it is over five minutes long. And wow. it basically depicts the trio on this very long, empty road. They start off very far in the distance, and that's when the song Jindo Arirang is sung, and it starts off very slow wow. and very rhapsodic. As they come closer, the song also begins to pick up pace rapidly. And by the end, it turns from this slow, mellow song into this very fierce and bright yeah. cheer. It's such a great narrative. It's such a great arc for a piece. Whenever you're ready, Christy, let's take it from the top. Let's do it. <laughs> Thank you. 
You heard 17-year-old violinist Christy Kim from Mason, Ohio, perform Jindo Arirang by Teddy Niedermeyer. I'm Peter Dugan. I was at the piano with Christy. That was so much fun to play with you. What a dramatic piece, and, and you play with the full range of emotion and storytelling. Just beautiful. Thank you so much. Christy, you obviously learned a lot from your conversation with Teddy Niedermeyer, but he's not the only accomplished music maker that you've had a chance to learn from. I understand that Gil Shaham was a real influence on you as a musician. Can you tell us about what you learned from him? So Gil Shaham, from a very early age, has and still is one of my musical idols. And he has always inspired me to not just be a better musician, but be a better person. Mm. I remember when I was 13 or 14, I went to a concert in Cincinnati where Gil was performing. Mm -hmm. And I saw the program and he was playing Tchaikovsky's Violin Concerto. I was really excited, even Mm -hmm. before going into the concert, knowing that one of my favorite violinists was going to play one of my favorite concertos. So when Gil started playing the concerto, one of the things that struck me the most was not just the way he sounded, but the way he looked everywhere um, from the orchestra and the conductor all the way to the audience members he would smile at everyone it felt like he was communicating not just with the people on stage but the people watching from the seating right and it was a really cool experience was that somehow different than what that 12 or 13 year old version of you was expecting walking into that concert hall yeah so i was expecting more of a serious really focused musician and immersed in uh like immersed is good (laughs) right no exactly so immersed is good serious is good but i get what you're saying that we often think of serious and immersed as like your brow is furrowed almost angry kind of almost angry when you play and and he's just not like that yeah he was almost the exact opposite (laughs) and right so here you are you're 12 13 you see this idol of yours with just like joy and love on his face as he plays, how does that affect then your trajectory, you think, as a violinist yourself? It really changed my outlook on music, performing on the stage and in my practice room. Mm -hmm. It made me think, oh, instead of just trying to improve my music, I should think about how can I communicate what I'm feeling to the audience in a more humane, realistic sort of way. Totally. Even in our rehearsal yesterday, I felt your humanity 
instantly when we started to play together and you were so warm as a collaborator. So I feel that from you. Thank you. You do. The piece we played together is sort of based on a narrative. Can you talk about the importance of stories in music for you? So for me, stories play a very important role in my life, not just when practicing, but through books. And Mm. one of my favorite things to do other than play the violin is reading a really good book Mm. when the storyline is just as exciting and immersive as a piece of music would be. Sometimes when I read a really good story and I think, wow, I really want to portray this myself, I often turn to my music that I'm playing to kind of merge them together. Um, There are times when I'm practicing where I don't know how to phrase a certain part and that's when I suddenly think to a certain part in a story that I was reading to um, maybe I can portray this character in this part and wow I really loved or I really hated that character I should put him or her in my (laughs) music (laughs) yeah do you have an example of a particular time when this happened when you were kind of stumped with the phrase and you're like I know that's insert whatever character that you came up with I was reading a book called Oliver Twist and it depicts the story of a very sort of pitiful boy who has gone through many struggles um, since his childhood there was a piece I was playing and it had a very sorrowful section and I was stumped on how can I play this like how I'm thinking in my head and I suddenly thought why don't I put Oliver Twist into that section Yeah. and when I imagined that and started playing, I realized how naturally the section was flowing, and I really liked it. (laughs) It just clicked. Yeah. You know, it makes perfect sense that you'd be able to draw inspiration, but I've never heard someone describe it quite in the way that you just did. I'm going to take that with me and think about (laughs) that. We're here in Cincinnati today. We're meeting kids from all over the Cincinnati area, even as far as Columbus. You are if I'm not mistaken, the concertmaster of the Cincinnati Symphony Youth Orchestra. Is that right? Yes. Well, first of all, congratulations. It's a huge you. deal. Um, I want to know what the job is like. What's it like being the concertmaster? It's actually really fun and really <laughs> exciting. There was this one instance when I I was in middle school and I also happened to be concertmaster of the youth orchestra then. It was my very first time being a concertmaster. and. Okay. It was our very first concert, and I was really, really nervous. Of course. We were playing the whole symphony, and we got to the very end. And at the very end, there's a very famous fast passage. Mm -hmm. And we had gone over it multiple times during rehearsals, and both the conductor and the orchestra were like, we got this. On the day of the concert, we get to the passage, and suddenly we begin to start rushing. And... (laughs) at first I started panicking myself as well and I thought should I go with the conductor or should I go with the orchestra and I felt that I had never made such a big decision in my (laughs) life I don't know if this was the right choice but I ended up going with the orchestra (laughs) and at the very end the conductor and I just looked at each other and laughed and I realized 
while in some way can be a little pressuring to mm -hmm. be a concert master, there are so many fun and thrilling things that happen while yeah. playing. Yeah, and it seems like the conductor and you had this great understanding of like, you know what, the train's moving. Yeah. <laughs> and when you have a full orchestra of musicians, it's hard to stop that train. Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like it all turned out well. And like you said, a great learning experience. Christy, I know you're busy. I know you're playing the violin all the time. If you had some extra time, what would you spend that time doing? One of my non-musical dreams that I had was actually to bake desserts. <laughs> Ooh, Which... now you're talking my language, Christy. <laughs> I love desserts. I love visiting cafes and bakeries. I often wonder what it's like to live a day in the life of a baker. And right. So, yeah. Christy, I feel like I should make some joke about the only thing sweeter than desserts is the attitude you bring to everything <laughs> you do, but that's just so cheesy. So I'll just say thanks for being with us. I love everything about the way you play and, and the way you carry yourself. Thank you. Christy Kim, 17 years old, from Mason, Ohio. We're coming to you today from Cincy, Ohio, the Queen of the West. This nickname referred to the vineyards whose green leaves grew like garlands along the banks of the Ohio River. I just learned that, and I thought it was the most beautiful image. Well, before I head out to get some of that original Grater's ice cream, let's meet the talented young musicians known as the DC Squared Trio. Thanks to Deborah Barrett-Price, the artistic director of the Chamber Music Connection in Worthington, Ohio, a longtime friend of From the Top, these young men have come together in an unusual combination of instruments, double bass, bassoon, and flute. They are Daniel Huang, Charlie Cheng, and Connor Chafin, all teenagers from the greater Columbus area. They'll perform for us Le Pis d'Azie by Shin Ichiro Yokoyama.
heard Le Piste d'Asie by Shin Ichiro Yokoyama, performed by DC Squared Trio, a unique combination of bass, flute, and bassoon. The young musicians are all teenagers from the greater Columbus area. We had Charlie Cheng on flute, he's 14, 16-year-old bassoonist Connor Chafin, and 17-year-old Daniel Huang on the double bass. I don't know that we've ever had this combination of instruments on the show before, and I love the way you all blend and complement one another. Beautiful performance. Thank you. So the title of the piece means The Spice of Asia, right? What does that piece mean to you? We often think about it like uh, a Japanese man or an Asian man walking through some kind of market. Um, so he's seeing, you know, all these different spices. Maybe he's in and out of different shops. Um, he's like kind of exploring the area. And in the middle, he steals the spices and tries Ooh. to run from the police. He has to run from the police. Then, then what happens? Uh, he, he escapes by like crawling through an alleyway. I feel like this is a lovable character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You want him to win. <laughs> you want him to get away with those spices. Okay. Explain to our listeners how the group come to be. Um, we all met at Chamber Music Connection, which is a program run by Debbie Price, who's the artistic director there. So, okay, now Debbie brings you all together, matchmaker, if you will. The three of you are making music together. How do you, how do you pick repertoire? Because there's not much for this ensemble. Yeah, so most of our music is arrangements that were either completely not for our instrumentation or they were for um, flute, bassoon, and cello. Okay. So that Daniel, the double bass, has to play cello parts. What about the case of Shinichiro Yokoyama, the piece you just played? What was the original instrumentation of that? That was flute, bassoon, and cello. So that was a cello part you were playing? Yeah, I play a lot of cello parts. What are the joys or the challenges of taking a cello part and putting it onto the double bass? There are some parts that go lower than E, so that I have to play those up an octave. Right, because you don't have a, a C extension. Yeah. Okay, explain to our listeners the origin of your very cool group name, DC Squared. So basically, we're uh, preparing to go to Fish Off. The Fish Off National, National Chamber, Chamber Music, Music Competition. Competition. Right, yeah. okay, yes. Um, and none of us could figure out a name. So Debbie, her daughter, she came up with the name DC Squared because of the first initials of our names. Right. So, okay, Daniel, D, Connor, Charlie, CC, DC Squared. There you go. So let's talk about the Fish Off Chamber Music Competition. You all had the opportunity to go as a group. It's one of the most prestigious competitions um, for chamber music that there is. Talk me through that experience. Well, it was kind of an intense time because it was at the end of a school week. <laughs> so, I mean, we had done a lot of preparation leading up to it, but I guess nothing could have really prepared us for the competition itself. So um, I guess we were there for three, four days um, and played multiple rounds. And how, how'd you guys do? We advanced to the semifinals. There it is. Yeah, there you advanced are. to the semifinals. That's amazing. That's a huge accomplishment to advance. Any memories of your time there? Most of it was honestly pretty nerve-wracking because it was the first time we'd really like performed on a larger scale. Uh-huh. We just got to the room and there's this huge stage. The room's entirely empty, but the judges. I guess for me, the best memory, and this is kind of weird, but after finding out that we did not advance to the finals, 
we got to meet all the the judges mm, mm-hmm. um, and get all their feedback. That's really cool. So yeah, was there something valuable that you learned from that feedback session? Um, I mean, we got a lot of encouragement, which I nice. thought was nice. Musically, in real time, as you perform, can someone talk me through that sort of? Yeah, I think feeling? as a group, we have kind of found that we're very flexible. Flexible, um, yeah. So, nice. like when we listened back to you know, videos when we first started playing together to playing at Fish Off, we found that like tempos oftentimes change. Um, the sounds often change. We're not necessarily always committed to one thing. Um, I think we're all willing to give and take. I've become a big fan just in this short time of this band, DC Squared. Would you be willing to jam with me? We can make it a PDC squared. <laughs> Can I join your boy band for a grand finale? Of course. Yeah, sounds like yeah. fun. Great. How about some Piazzolla? Piazzolla sounds beautiful. Oblivion by Astor Piazzolla with Charlie Chang on flute, Connor Chafin on bassoon, Daniel Huang on double bass. They're all teenagers from the greater Columbus area. I'm Peter Dugan, and I'm going to get in on this jam. Let's go. What a beautiful time we've had here in Cincinnati, Ohio, and what a wonderful and wide array of repertoire and young musicians. I want to thank each and every one of them for their performances. And thanks to all of you for spending this time with us. I'm pianist Peter Dugan. Please join me next week, and we'll take it from the top. This episode was recorded at Monastery Studio in Cincinnati, Ohio, with engineer Kevin Frias. A special thank you to the Jack Kent Cook Foundation for their support of our young musicians. From the Top is produced by Megan Swan and Abigail Desser. Sound design and music editing by John Escobar, with editing and mastering by Rodrigo Cuenca. Our production manager is Amanda Roth. From the Top's executive director is Gretchen Nielsen. From the Top is an independent nonprofit organization based in Boston. If you'd like to appear on our program, apply online at fromthetop.org. From the Top is supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts on the web at arts.gov. Support for NPR comes from the station and from the Jack Kent Cook Foundation, providing scholarships to high-achieving students with financial need, jkcf.org. From BritBox with Archie, based on the true story of Hollywood icon Cary Grant, a new original drama starring Jason Isaacs. Archie, now streaming at BritBox.com NPR. And from the William T. Grant Foundation, supporting research to improve the lives of young people at wtgrantfdn.org. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You know, while From the Top is distributed by NPR, it isn't owned by NPR. It's an independent nonprofit, and so we have to do our own fundraising to make it happen. Please consider making a donation to our ongoing entertainment and education programs at fromthetop.org. This is my voice. I can tell you a lot about me, and I'm not changing it for anyone. 
In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of NPR episodes centered on Black experiences. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts. This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch.